coming from a long year of battle of a lot of paperwork, you know, to open it in the country and like all this legal stuff that you have to go when you are a foreigner in another country and non-resident yet. And then everything was ready. And 2020, January, I opened. Amazing. I had interest. I had like 30 girls in one month. Boom. Lockdown. No activities. Nothing. Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. This episode is brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once. Hundreds of technique drills, multiple choreographies, themed intensives, full-length courses, everything you can think about. Whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice, you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule, but your mood as well. First seven days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers. Hello, dear listeners. So one more week passed, and that's mean a new episode at the Balladance Live podcast is waiting for you. And today we have a pleasure to talk again with one of our previous guests on this podcast, Amar Lamar. I love having those continuations of conversations and it's always very exciting and interesting to see where the journey, where the last few years took uh, artists, took our guests since we talked last time. And to remind you about our previous conversation with Amar, she literally had quite the changes in her life and lifestyle. She just moved from Dubai to South Africa, completely changing her dance life, her life in general, and trying to navigate things in a new country, in a new city, in a new dance reality. So for those of you who somehow missed our previous conversation, I highly recommend to go back and listen to the episode number 18 because we talked very, very detailed about her 12 years of performing every night in Arab Emirates. And not only performing, but literally rocking it. She was one of the biggest and brightest stars in Dubai for so many years and so many dancers were coming to learn from her and get inspired by her shows. So definitely check it out if you are interested in possibly getting contracts in Arab Emirates or in general just curious about that. The link to the episode will be in the show notes but you can always go back on whichever app you're listening to this podcast and go back to episode number 18. And in our today's conversation, we talked about new chapter of Amar's life and what a story she has. She was born in Mexico City and since a young age she showed interest in art, especially dance. At the age of six, she began her studies of Polynesian dances followed by a short period of ballet together with Mexican folklore styles. 
At the age of 11, she got into Afro-Caribbean rhythms, but finally discovered and pursued her studies of Oriental dance around age of 13. Her international career began in 2003 with her first contract in India for the Sheraton Hotel Group. After this first successful contract, she expanded her career and performed in several countries, including Bahrain, Syria, Lebanon, Tunis, and the Netherlands. For 12 years, she has resided in Arab Emirates, performing full-time at some of the most prestigious hotels in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And now, as based in South Africa, Amar continues dancing and improving. Her main goal currently is to teach Oriental dance based on her experiences in the Middle East and the knowledge she acquired during all these years. Today you will hear about reasons why she decided to quit daily shows in Dubai and move to South Africa, as well as adapting to a new country, connecting with local dancers, clients, students, preparing also classes, and not in general classes, but specifically for beginning students, and opening a dance studio in a foreign city, while also dealing with a lot of other unexpected things that life prepared for us during last few years. I'm pretty sure everyone remembers or maybe even still experiences a lot of lockdowns, a lot of uncertainty and inconsistency in dance work. But we also touch base on two other important topics that can be related to absolutely any dancers. We talked about differences between teaching live stream online classes vice versa, pre-recorded online videos and online classes, as well as sources or realities of motivation to practice when you don't have any performance goals or events to get ready to. As you can see, in all our conversations, we go to a variety of topics and at the same time, we manage to dive deep into all of them. So I hope this conversation will give you some new ideas, uh, will help you possibly on your journey if you are moving to a new country and gives you some ideas of how to adapt, how to connect and find your spot and your space there, but also gives you inspiration to just continue your dance journey and possibly open new chapter, whatever it means, even if it's not about moving somewhere else. So let us know what you think. Don't forget to screenshot and share this episode with your dance friends on social media. Tag me, tag our amazing guest. And uh, also before we actually dive into the episode, I want to do a short announcement because this week I'm going to do something very special. And I think it's very much related to actually one of the topics that we discussed with Amar in our conversation and specifically teaching pre-recorded classes vice versa live stream online classes and this week i'm actually gonna do live zoom class which is for me very very unusual i am a big fan of uh, structuring my work and offering students pre-recorded videos so everyone can do everything on their own schedule but this week is gonna be exception on thursday may 12th i'm gonna teach a live stream zoom class on turkish romani technique as a part of dance with a star project to support ukrainian dancers this project was originally created by local ukrainian teachers organizers in order to support students who lost opportunity to 
attend any classes uh, since the beginning of war many students were literally just stopped if not all of them and even online teaching was very difficult to be honest with uh, constant air sirens and in some cities it still is so many students lost opportunity to attend classes and also to remind you in ukraine a lot of students if not majority or i would say actually majority of belladin students are actually kids i know it's very unusual to hear because in many countries there are no kids in belladins and uh, some of you may be listening to me and thinking like what are you talking about but in ukraine it's a situation kids are very involved in learning belladins and specifically middle eastern folklore styles they are active participants in multiple competitions in ukraine teachers and organizers and judges are very careful and conscious of what to teach to kids to make sure that it's all appropriate but there is there are hundreds of young dancers who are very involved in this genre who love attending classes and for whom it was additional stress so on top of dealing with the stress of war seeing their parents worrying changing their lifestyle they also many of them lost opportunity to attend classes not only due to physically students were closed but because financially people really struggle from the war consequences and even if there was such opportunity some of the parents couldn't afford it anymore so some of the a couple of ukrainian organizers decided to put this charity event and offered free classes for ukrainian dancers not only to kids but that was just a side note because for me it's also like um, something on my mind a lot uh, but in general the event is basically open and free for ukrainian dancers but eventually it was expanded to foreign students so you can also attend and support this event organizers are asking for a small 15 dollar donation to attend any of the workshops and that money will be actually forwarded to fundraising causes so it's not even profitable event it's all the money will be forwarded and for instance i just talked to one of organizers recently in the parisia where the organizers are based in this city just recently about 170 people civilians arrived from mariupol from blocked mariupol and specifically from azovstal where they literally lived in hell and these people they lost everything and uh, along with financial support they also need to get health and psychological support many of them and to process all these terrible things that they went through for those of you who may not really know what i'm talking about mariupol you can google it you can search on the internet you can follow my instagram i quite frequently share events in ukraine and talk about mariupol too so one of the directions where money will be forwarded will be to those people who managed to escape blocked uh, mariupol and arrive to the parisia so it's also fundraising and charity causes on the ground in situation that event organizers will know exactly where and how to use this money for the best benefit to support people who need that support so once again reminding event is on thursday may 12th at 3 p.m by kiev time so search and check which depending on your time zone or where it is the topic will be turkish romani dance technique we are going to learn a short combo polishing technique and uh, making sure we really understand the rhythm and i will add uh, 
contacts, Instagram contacts of one of the organizers, Natalia Goncharova, whom you can contact and ask how you can participate in the workshop. Project itself also has an Instagram page, but it's a private Instagram page to make sure that it's only for uh, participants open. But contacts of Natalia will be in the description to this uh, video. You can also easily find her on Instagram or even via my post, which I will do literally the same day as this podcast is going out. And I hope to see you on Zoom, I would say live. <laughs> Although it's online, but it's going to be live and I'm pretty sure it will be fun and uh, definitely unusual experience for me. And I hope to see you via my uh, screen too. And on this note, let's dive into our today's conversation with Amar and I hope you will enjoy it. Hello, dear Amar. I'm so happy to welcome you back to the Belladance Life podcast and so excited to talk about your continuation of your journey because uh, I remember our first conversation you just had a switch in your not only career but life in general moving to a different country having about to have different dance lifestyle lifestyle in general so excited to talk about all these changes and all this experience and thank you for coming back to the Balladance Life podcast. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And yeah, it, it feels good to be back uh, chatting with you. So it's amazing. Thank you for having me. So I'm just going to remind our listeners, for those who somehow possibly missed it, that we had uh, already one interview with you. It was the very first season of the Balladance Life podcast. I will put exact link in the show notes for everyone who missed it. Take a look and listen. Yeah. And we talked about 12 years of everyday dancing, everyday performance, 12 years of dance career in Dubai. Uh, and all your crazy experiences and journeys there. So for those who are especially interested in like, you know, dancing in Dubai and doing contracts, that would be especially inspiring and valuable. I'm sure we are not going to repeat, but we probably will refer mm -hmm. to some of the things that we also discussed in the Small previous episode. recap. There will be a recap. <laughs> there will be a recap. Well, I actually would like to start with the uh, point that we kind of finished our... Um, last interview because at that moment you just moved you you took a decision to finish your career uh, as a contract dancer and you moved mm. to a different country and different lifestyle and i would like to ask uh once again if you can kind of remind now it maybe also changed the approach or vision of why you took this decision and um, if uh, it met your expectations, like these years that you actually spent differently, if, if it met what you actually expected it would be? <laughs> wow, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I mean, the expectations. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say, uh, well, first of all, I took the decision because um, I mean, it's been already many years. I was the other day uh, chatting with a, a group of close friends here. And something that they ask me all the time when I move in this little town is like, if I don't miss Dubai or if I don't miss Mexico, 
And through this, I left my country when I was 20 years old. And uh, secret wink, wink, smile, smile <laughs> for the people that is not seeing us. Uh, I'm making 40 this year. So it's been already 20 years of being far away from my country. And although I love it and I love my, my, my culture and I miss my family and I love my food, um, it is a different feeling. It's, I don't think it's not the homesick anymore. It's more about the country that you are coming from, but not so much part of your life anymore. And with Dubai, you know, it, it, it is my country. I feel it like my second home. But the, the kind of life that I've been having since I am 20 years old, 20 years nonstop, I mean, 12 of those, which is what our podcast last time we spoke about, I mean, 12 or 13 years of those years were in Dubai. Um, it takes a toll in your body. You start, to, you start to feel tired, you start to feel aches and pains. Um, currently, you know, I'm, I'm battling with one of my knees, which I mean, it's getting good with treatment. And I cannot really pinpoint an accident or something. It's just basically so much dancing all the time. So um, on top of that, I mean, once when you cross the 30, 35 in, in the UAE, it is not as easy anymore. I mean, you are still young, of course, and you still have like few years ahead of you dancing, but there is new girls coming. I mean, there is uh, younger girls in their 20s, of course, you know, full of hope and full of life and all these amazing expectations, as you said, uh, trying to make a career in the Middle East. So. You cannot also, you know, keep a place all the time. I mean, you cannot, I feel that at some point you cannot force yourself into the market. Mm -hmm. So I think that I gave what I had uh, for Middle East. And now it was time, you know, to, to refresh, to change, to give like a new life, you know, to my career. And about the expectations, well, you know, it's going slower than I thought it will be but I think it is a lot of COVID related mm. uh, when I left at the beginning of 2018 I still kept a lot of contacts of course in the UAE and the plan was like okay you know because of course you miss it I mean you miss the live music you miss the ambience you mix the Arabic audience you miss the country itself so for me it was like okay you know maybe I can make one or two contracts just like once in a while just to you know kind, kind of like you know kill the, the feeling of oh I miss it um, and then yeah and then COVID happened uh, um, I remember still in 2019 I make some shows I went to uh, Barcelona uh, yeah you know it was like I think the first 2018 was an adaptation to my new life. And then from 2019, I start to be more active and also start to meet the dancers here, the community here in South Africa, that they are being very welcoming to me. Um, and as I say, when everything was kind of ready, then it was like a month. I opened my studio just like in January of 2020, coming from a 
long year of battle of like uh, a lot of paperwork, you know, to open it in the country and like all this legal stuff that you have to go when you are a foreigner in another country mm -hmm. and non-resident yet. And then everything was ready and 2020 January I opened amazing I had interest I had like 30 girls in one month boom lockdown no activities nothing so from there it's been just like a uphill battle as I say it's going but it's not as fast as I thought it will be Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that the people that is listening and you yourself uh, you have experience um, you know some um, delays in festivals or in contracts or in classes some uh, decline in like I don't know activities although the online I think it pick a lot at the beginning and now you can see that it's just kind of going down so yeah no it's been it it was not it, it was not it was it was not a challenge that I was suspecting, <laughs> but I think none of us. That's not a definite. That's not a thing that we can like expect or even be ready uh, fully at least. Uh, like some people maybe were cautious and like uh, did some preparations just in case, but majority of people really didn't expect it will turn out like that. That's for sure. Yeah. Speaking about a little bit about like this pre-COVID period because you told that 2018 for you was the year of adapting to a new lifestyle and yes. i want to talk a little bit about that because for you as such an active dancer like in dubai you were performing every single day literally uh, doing shows preparing live bands like all this stuff and then suddenly you moved to South Africa, as you mentioned, to a small city. And uh, how was adaptation? What was the most, uh, let's say, um, you can choose either challenging or maybe the most interesting experience of transitioning to a different lifestyle as a dancer, first of all, from dance point of view. Um, as a dancer, I think at the beginning, I was very happy with my decision. I thought it was the correct time and that I did it for the right personal reasons. After a few months, of course, um, you start to miss the activity. And it's, it's just, you know, like... That, that little, I mean, the, the thrill of, of the performing, you know, that you start to miss. Uh, then so I start, as I say, to, to make touch with the community here and to see if I can somehow make some shows or just, you know, I know that it will not be the same as Dubai, but I just wanted to keep performing, not as in every day. But it's something that you really miss and you really start to see that you don't have the same anymore when you like number one because my city is like two hours from the capital so if I want to perform it will not be like before you know like a ring ring can you be ready in two hours and you will just like you know shower like crazy and put your makeup and just you know grab the first dress and go 
now I have to plan for it. Now I have to make contacts and make sure to kind of like put my name out there so then they can book me in advance so I can plan for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I mean, it is, it's not the same. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to say that you do miss it. You really miss it a lot. I mean, the dancing and the, just the, the everything, you miss it. And here I, I have danced a couple of times. It's nice. Um, but for example, you know, live music that, you know, it, it's will not be, for example, here I haven't, I haven't get the opportunity at least yet to, to perform with live music. And you start to notice things that it didn't occur to you. For example, uh, sometimes here you will dance with other girls and then you kind of have to plan, you know, like, I mean, it's not like you can know, you can know a song and the other person doesn't or vice versa. And just something as silly as let's make a drum solo. Let's make blah, blah, blah. You know this one, you know that one. I'm like, you know, my eyes are like, cling, cling, cling. Um, no, <laughs> hmm. I have to go and listen all this music because I mean, when you are, uh, and I remember my years in Mexico, when you are used to dance with recorded music, you are kind of up to date with, um, let's say, the music made for belly dance. When you work with a live band, everything is improvised. So the drum solo, it will be different every night. I don't have to plan for it. I will just go there, see what's the mood of the night, and you know, kind of do it with a, with a musician. Now I don't have that anymore, you know? Um, stuff like that. Also some of the songs that, um, or the music, you know, that I used to dance in, in, in Middle East normally was like more Lebanese style orientated. While outside Middle East is very, very Egyptian, mm-hmm. very like more folkloric Egyptian style. Um, so I think I come up with terms to be like sort of a mix, <laughs> like still put my belly dance style and still dance with heels, but allowing, you know, like some of this new music that is like so much in trend at the, at the, at the, at the moment. But there was, there is some days that you feel good, you know, there is other days that you really miss it very much. Um, I think also the way you train, it changed. Um, in, in the UAE or when I was active, uh, my training will be mostly about like the songs, the Arabic songs that are like in trend in that time. And just, you know, flexibility and kind of keep my body like in good shape for dancing at night. Um, here, sometimes because I don't know if maybe it happens to you, um, I am the kind of person that I need to work if I know I have a goal. Mm-hmm. For example, like I will make a show. I know the show is, I don't know, in this date. So I will work for it, but I need to have a goal. Like I, I, have, I will do it for this reason. When I don't have that, I kind of, okay, do you want to practice today? No. <laughs> you kind of, kind of get a little bit you know, lazy. I don't know if that's the best way to say it. You just, um, 
I think it's important to, to have that. And that is something you miss a little bit the focus when you make the transition from like a working belly dancer to someone that, okay, now I'm going to orientate more to dance festivals and to teach and to have my school. I think what kept me sane, it was actually, you know, the, the focus of opening a, a dance school or opening a studio. So then more than uh, training for myself, I started to train to be a better teacher. Mm-hmm. So the, the focus has shifted definitely. Um, I'm still a performer, but I spend most of my time uh, more focused on, on teaching nowadays. So, yeah. Can you explain a little bit more, like, what do you mean training for yourself to make yourself better and training to be a better teacher? How exactly does it reflect in the changes of your training? Well, for example, when I train for me, I use a lot of improvisation. I use uh, the mood of the moment. I many times I record myself and just I discover I make new steps or stuff like that that was not planned or a few combinations that were not planned and all of a sudden I like. Um, when I train to be a better teacher, sometimes I dance and I pause in the steps just kind to try to analyze what I'm doing with the right hand, the left hand, my legs, what my mm-hmm. hips is doing, and just to kind of try to also put it in words that the students can understand. That is like sometimes for me, or I, I'm sure for most of us that we are already dancers, if I give you one step, I don't need too much explanation. I don't know if that makes sense because you are already dancers, so your body has certain knowledge that like just by seeing it you know more or less what to do i can correct here and there but in general i mean you have a fair good idea so where i am belly dance is not i am the only school literally in this town where i am the belly dance here is 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 not uh, it's new let's call it like that So most of the girls that I have now, they have never seen belly dance. And many of them, they have never done dance at at all. Mm -hmm. So I need to really like uh, kind of, you know, dissect the move for them to tell them, you know, like where to put the right, where to put the left, where to do this. Uh, I use a lot of um, silly examples if you want to call it that way like for example a hip bump okay imagine that you have a lot of boxes in your hands and you need to close the uh, door of the car so then push your hips you know mm-hmm. so stuff like that just to make it I try to make it my explanations as simple as possible so the students even if they have zero background of dancing can understand what to do with their body so that's what I say that sometimes I, I train and I don't really am making like a dance for myself. It's more about like what I am doing in order to be able to give that material to the students. Mm. So, yeah, it's basically, you know, that. Mm. 
I love having silly comparisons myself. Like that's the best way. Sometimes like you try to explain left, left, diagonal, push here, push there. And then you find the one silly comparison and like in one word, the students like, ah, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so that's, that's cool. Um, but I'm also curious. Um, so this transition to primarily teaching, but also teaching beginners so not just teaching you know like already established dancers that you can talk about like nuances or stylization or just show intricate compass but suddenly beginners and for you uh did you have experience that you kind of had to uh hold yourself and let's say simplify and simplify and simplify even more the original like dances or combos that you created or did for you was it like easier right away to okay i'm working with beginners i have to say i have to uh like mentally do it like okay go easy go easy <laughs> um yeah no i i battle with that all the time especially i'm very hyper uh I mean, like, I like fast moves and I like uh, turns and this and that. And all of a sudden, you know, like, you have to keep it, like, really very quiet and really, like, start from the beginning. Um, yeah, no, it's... Um, I, I have experience before with, with beginners, so I'm, I'm not new to it. Um, also, something that I love is to see them grow. I mean, to see mm -hmm. someone that could not make a camel to all of a sudden making it like fairly easy and moving with it and stuff like that. Um, so I like, I really enjoy that part. I enjoy the fact that many students that I have, they come to me, um, actually, well, not to me, but they come to the class a little bit shy, a little bit like, I don't want to use the word ashamed, but little bit conscious of their body uh -huh. um the having this idea especially now with social media that already it was a boom but now in during COVID times that people really have like all the time in their hands it's like they just see these beautiful girls with perfect bodies and beautiful hair and like beautiful makeup whatever and they are not maybe that type of, of person. And they come and they are like very, I had students that literally they come the first time and like, oh, you know, I want to try, but I'm a little bit big and I don't know if I can do it. I have to left foot and have, you know, like all these kind of things. And for me, it's always like, just come, just try it. And he, you have a body, then you can dance. Doesn't matter like which size you are. Doesn't matter which age you are. Just if you put the effort and you just come here, come and enjoy it. Come and enjoy, be yourself. Just be like free. Here is no judgment or that someone is going to look at you because you are doing X, Y, and Z and you look like some type that they are not liking. It's not like that. Here, everyone is welcome. Mm -hmm. And it's very satisfying for me to see them, how they uh, come like very shy and then all of a sudden they are like wearing things a little bit more revealing or a little bit more like, I don't know, with one like uh, showing one uh, shoulder, you know, or stuff like that. Um, that. That part I really enjoy 
from the for the from the beginner dancers i meant like mm-hmm. the the transformation that the dance do to them it's really satisfying mm. oh that's definitely cool and uh uh i'm also happy to for your students to have their first teacher such a great dancer as you <laughs> that's a good luck for them too <laughs> oh thank you well i am I'm, i'm glad you know to to be here i think like meanwhile you keep yourself busy it's it's fine you know i i'm happy so far i'm happy in my little town <laughs> <laughs> Also transitioning to a new city, a new country, completely new, you mentioned that you at some point start putting yourself out and also reaching out to Baladance community, local Baladance community. How easy or difficult was it and what in terms of practical steps uh, uh, did you take? Because uh, Uh, many dancers like from time to time appears that life happens and we need to move to a different country and uh, start everything from the beginning so I'm sure many uh, dancers may face the same situation like okay I'm here I don't know anyone how can I start doing things (laughs) what was your experience for you Um, well, I went before time, um, before I even moved here, I started to search for belly dance in South Africa in Facebook, bless Facebook and the groups. Um, and I just start to get in the community, introduce myself and say, you know, who I am and I'm moving soon there. And I just want to like have in touch, you know, with the belly dance community. Um, and as I say, I'm, I'm very blessed because I, I feel I've been very, very welcome. Uh, I start to get um, some of the girls contacting me and like just, you know, basically just to welcome, uh, welcome me in the in the com- in the community and in the country. Uh, unfortunately, just I am a little bit far from most of the girls uh, South Africa is quite a big country and most of the dancers are either in Johannesburg, in Durban or in Natal and in the Cape. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm kind of in none of them. So I am a little bit far. But um, even with that, you know, you just do the effort and... uh, Each time I have, I go to the city, I always send them a message and just, you know, like if you want to meet or stuff like that. Um, One of the ladies here, she is um, a big organizer. Her name is Natalie Clark. Uh, She is like a very, very nice lady. And in 2018, if I remember correctly, every two years, she makes something called um, Miss Belly Dance South Africa which mm-hmm. has been happening from before even. Um, and then she invited me to, to, to participate, to dance and to give uh, classes. And I really loved the experience. I, in that event is when I really get to know more uh, of the community of, of dancers in here. So, yeah, as I say, you know, it's to put the name out there. It's with the dancers. It's nice. And another it was a different experience to go to, let's call it 
clients or people that might hire you for for dancing in parties because I'm too far. Uh, so basically just what I did is I went to the embassies. Mm-hmm. I went and introduced myself and, uh, you know, this is me. If you ever need a dancer, you know, I'm here. <laughs> And uh, it, it was it was it's good because I mean I I get like few um, private parties from um, uh, diplomats in in the city, so yeah it's as I say it's been a um, little bit slower uh, mostly because of of COVID. Um, I think I have now what we were saying before like four years. I I mean we spoke early yeah. 2018 so yeah it's more or less for four years that uh, I am here so no it's it's good I think you know slowly but surely we are we are getting there <laughs> <laughs> I just really hope and I'm sure that you are going to agree with me that uh, you know finally things uh, or seems that uh, festivals are happening and things are starting to get open so that's really wonderful because I had like three, yeah, no, two festivals that were like uh, postponed or canceled or stuff like that because of the COVID. So um, I hope that now starts to to pick up again because, yeah, I I love to travel and I love the um, festival ambience as well. So, yeah, I'm glad that COVID is finally ending. <laughs> yep, let's hope it will be the same trend and nothing will prevent from uh, things and events reopening and uh, um, give an opportunity to gather together in person, not only online. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know how you felt it, but really it's like, uh, I, I, it was a little bit impersonal sometimes for me. Um, and it was amazing to have students from such a different parts of the world at the same time. But I am a very um, uh, touchy person. The, the, I am mm-hmm. the kind of person that will hug you if I see you, the kind of person that sometimes I will like tell my students, uh, you know, move your arm and kind of like, or move their hips a little bit to like explain to them. So not having that sometimes is uh, challenging. Mm. So, um, yeah. And how things are now uh, for you as a, a teacher and performer? Uh, so yes, I know they're slow, but uh, still like after like this few years. So I don't know if you got actively in uh, online classes or you kind of like paused and uh, took the time, you know, to gather um, like energy and forces. Uh, but I know you did some online classes. I just don't know how actively was that for you. So uh, how was this, um, let's say, COVID time? And well, let's let's... Fingers crossed that we can start calling it post-COVID already, or at least post-lockdowns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Um, you know, at the beginning, I think I was like many of us thinking that, oh, it's okay, you know, and two months will pass. Then, okay, no, it's three months will pass. Then six months went by. Um... And at the beginning, I was like, I will just take the time, you know, to kind of focus and redirect my life. And I just like to see what's my next step, blah, blah, blah. And as you start to see the time 
goes by and things are not getting better, but actually going worse. Um, and you start to see that people, you know, all your fellow colleagues, dancers, they start to teach and give online classes and blah, blah, blah. So you start to think, okay, maybe I'm, you know, missing the train. Maybe I need to jump in and start to also doing online. And I start, I think a little bit late than what I should compared to other dancers that I've seen. Um, the first round of workshops, it was very nice. I had, if I remember correctly, around 30, 30 something students from different parts of the world. It was really nice. Um, then I stopped for a bit um, because I don't know, for, for me, classes, when, when I make, especially for girls that are already dancers, I really try to prepare as much as I can each topic that I'm going to teach. And that takes me time. Um, another thing is very rare. I repeat choreographies or combos uh, for classes uh, or for festivals or stuff like that. I try to make each one something different. Mm -hmm. And that takes me time. So after I finished that round of classes, I just stopped for a few months and uh, while the rest of the world keep giving online classes. And then I decided, okay, maybe it's time, you know, in the year number two <laughs> of mm -hmm. COVID, I was like, okay, maybe it's time to make another round of classes. And I could immediately see the decline in, in interest. I, as I said, from 30 plus, I went to half, sometimes even less. Another thing, some students, they were, okay, are you recording the class? Okay, well, I will just pick up the recording. Mm -hmm. um, I remember there was like one time when I was teaching, I ended up teaching alone because the girls, they just wanted to have the recording material. And that was a bit, um, not upsetting, uh, but a little bit sad for me, I think. Um, because the classes, it's not just you teaching to the screen, but actually you need, you know, the, I mean, the people, the people kind of, you know, bring, let's say, the color to the, to the class. So suddenly finding myself in that spot, it was not the most amazing feeling. <laughs> so mm -hmm. the last round of classes, I was like, okay, that's it, that's stop. I start to worry that maybe it was something that I was doing wrong. But then I have private chats with different dancers and they told me the same. And I was actually very much, very much surprised. I start to take um, Arabic, uh, I mean, Arabic language classes, plainly because in Arabic countries, I listen it all the time and I practice it somehow all the time. And here I rarely uh, listen people speaking Arabic. Mm -hmm. So I start to forget few words. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to enroll to some online classes for language just to keep my hearing for Arabic uh, speaking alive. And uh, the classes... Um, as amazing as they were, they were in a very inconvenient time for me. So I really asked the teacher if I could, 
you know, get the recordings. And he told me exactly the same. No, I stopped doing recordings because people, they just don't attend classes and just want the recordings. Hmm. So I was, I was surprised and relieved in the same time to know that was not me, that it was just a phase that the market was passing when everyone is, yay, online classes with any dancer in the world to the one of like, oh, another online class. So I don't think I don't think it has anything really to do with you. I just I think it was a natural trend that the first year uh, many people on both sides, teachers and students were using online platforms simply to emulate live classes. Like the things that were like, oh, it's not possible to go in the studio and gather together. Let's use online platforms. So it was still on the same note. Okay, this is the schedule. This is the time we are gathering together online, etc. Then as things were going on and passing by, people start adjusting their lifestyle to these new realities, not only dance classes, I'm just talking in general, like all these lockdowns, remote work, yes. or other like other things that were showing up. So I think many people start exploring other possibilities of doing classes on your own time, and especially they start more exploring the possibilities of studying with different teachers who often in different time zones, that is simply impossible sometimes to be on that time for that schedule. So I think it was a general just shift because of the initial shock, people start figuring out their lives and adjusting their lifestyles in general to the situations. And as a consequence, they start exploring more the opportunity of doing classes on their own time. So I think it was just, just the general trend, not, uh, not anything with your classes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I'm uh, glad that you are mentioning that because as I say at the beginning, I was very worried and um, yeah, but after listening to you, I mean, now that you are uh, speaking on the same topic and listening to other dancers before and even people that is not in the dance industry, but in other type of online classes, passing, you know, through the same um, it kind of, okay, well, as you say, you start to think it's just a phase. It's just, you know, like the decline of, of online classes, which is not as hype anymore. Um, I so, don't yeah. think it's decline, to be honest. Uh, to be honest, I actually have a completely opposite perspective on this subject. <laughs> really? I am a big fan of doing classes on my own time, both as student, as a teacher. And for me, it was nothing to do with COVID specifically, like, because I started teaching online before COVID. And I kind of tried to do some live streams, etc. But very quickly, I just switched like, no, I just want to do it on my own time and let students do that on their own time. So that was for me, like my own philosophy since I would say basically oh. the beginning of actually actively teaching online. And then during COVID, I just now I, I commented from the point of view of observer because I remember the first hit, the first year, how many were Zoom classes online. And yeah. I also how much pressure I got from like, oh, why don't you teach online Zoom? And I was like, no, that's not for me. It just I don't, it's not that it's bad or not good or wrong, etc. It just for me, I don't feel it. I don't feel I can give the best 
committing to a specific schedule at this time, etc. So I never yeah. got involved, but I remember the first year how many of those classes were, and they were full and successful, and people's comments. And then slowly, I start noticing, like just observing, like other activities of other teachers and students' comments, that more and more start actually switching to doing uh, their own schedule. So it's like pre-recorded class. It's not even a Zoom class. It's just pre-recorded class. Many teachers start putting out so the students can have maybe sometime, uh, sometimes like some uh, time limits of like, okay, you can access it within like a week or two, or if it's a bigger course within a few months, etc., something like that. But it start transforming more into a different format of online work. So I don't think it really declined. I mean, it's very possible that in general, the enthusiasm and interest in general in our area and our field changed. That's very, very possible. But we don't exactly know because I think the shift to a different style of classes influence the impression that we mm. have now or how big is really online learning. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I never teach online before COVID. Um, actually, some of the students, because currently I have few students uh, private online in other countries, which I'm teaching. And our girls that they came to me, thanks to the first online classes that I gave, the first round on, on in Zoom. So, I mean, I'm really not complaining um, but I feel same as you that I cannot give my full potential in Zoom. It's just not the same. I, I still think that, as you say, maybe if something um, the pandemic has teachers is to adapt quickly. Um, so I think maybe I will keep online, but not, of course, as, as before. And the pre-recorded classes, I've seen it as well. I've been actually tempted to do few, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, let's call it, it's not like my priority. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's just different. I remember even for the first round of, of classes, I didn't record Zoom. I make specific videos for each combo that I teach in each class like with details and like uh, slow camera motions where they needed to see and stuff like that just for the girls to see, to be more professional. Um, yeah, as I say, it's, it, it takes time. It takes, uh, you know, the commitment, of course. And I think you really need to enjoy it. In, in my part, if I have online classes, I'm, I'm fine with it now. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it was an effort. <laughs> Um, but definitely above, I keep preferring the human touch, the, to be in the same space as the other people. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, each dancer is different, I guess. Each one, you know, have different way of communicate or teach, or I don't know even how to call it. <laughs> well, I guess the best, uh, the best approach is to find a way to combine, to have both yeah. uh, because they're not substitute to one to each other they can be for some people they can be for some people for some period of time uh, but it's great to experience both as a teacher and as a student both all the variety of possibilities of studying and then choose what really works for you because uh, 
of course, in-person classes, it's great experience. It's great, uh, can like be pushed uh, forward. Then we can work on some nuances and notice some elements that via camera maybe not that visible. And it's like that in-moment correction. At the same time, online gives so much spaces and possibilities to connect with teachers from all over the world and to study exactly with whom you want to study. And uh, I really hope you will uh, continue doing like online in whichever format works for you because you are such an amazing dancer and you have so much to give and uh, to students and your style and nuances and like... Thank you. That Thank should... you, you're very kind. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like it's like this should be... Uh, really uh, available uh, in at least some form for students because uh, you do have your uniqueness and your specialty that uh, can really influence a lot of people so I hope you will find your own format whatever works for you like and uh, but keep 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 it up <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for the push i think is what i needed <laughs> well let's try it <laughs> and i do encourage you also do experience as a, yourself as a student you know those pre-recorded classes just to see it because uh i don't know maybe you will actually like it <laughs> as a late as a teacher yeah, too maybe. so who knows <laughs> but yeah no maybe you're right yeah speaking you know now huh? that yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no go continue. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was actually going to say that during the pandemic, I think all of us, we not just did our work as uh, teachers or make videos or whatever for social media, um, but we also kind of explore other other things. And uh, now when you are saying about um, pre-recorded classes, I didn't do for belly dance, but I did uh, classes for heels. And it was like pre-recorded classes as well. And it, it's nice. It's, as, as, you, as you say, it's a different way. Something that confused a lot of me. I don't know. Probably um, uh, you have uh, better, um, how can I say, more, more experience than me in that sense, I'm sure. Uh, you know, the left and the right. <laughs> Uh-huh. When they move the left and it's at the right, actually, you know, and then like you have to teach, uh, for example, and you say, move your right. And actually you're moving your left because in the camera they see it the other way around. I noticed the people that make pre-recording classes, uh, at least the ones from, from Heels, they do everything mirrors. So, uh, yeah, it's easy for you as a student to follow. But I was as I was taking the classes, I was like, yo, okay. If I have to teach that, how I would do that? <laughs> then you start to confuse. You don't know anymore which one is your right, which one is your left. Yeah, I saw many of those kind of classes too, and it's a different skill and ability. I, to be honest, solve it way easier for myself. Like I, I record face and camera whenever it's like some technique or some small combination that it doesn't really matter or we are going to do both sides and then I just say mm. one side then switch to another so I literally avoid saying right or left and then if it's a combo with specific directions I just uh, uh, record it facing the mirror so they can see me from the yeah. back and reflection in the mirror <laughs> so I was like I will gonna make my life easier <laughs> No, definitely. Unfortunately, here I didn't have, or I don't have still a mirror here in, in, in my house. 
So I was like, okay, I need to like show them and I just, I will get confused like a lot. But it was a nice experience. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's nice. Sorry, so you were going to say something before I interrupt you with this. I just wanted Comments. also to uh, slightly, slightly switch the topic. Actually, not switch, but just continue because we start talking about like maybe the push you needed or motivation or whatever. And I actually wanted to ask, so you talked a little bit about motivation struggles in the beginning. Something I actually wanted to ask you when you moved to South Africa, how was your motivation for your own practice? But you already covered it and, and uh, told. But how is it now after so many years already transitioning to different lifestyles so you mentioned that your now training is mostly about training to be as a teacher so do you use now classes as your let's say goals or events that you're preparing or do you still have like you know some training just for yourself on your own mm -hmm. um yeah look i think my inspiration is coming back i have to say um during the pandemic especially the second year it was pretty low it came really like drip drip um sometimes i will not even feel to dance at all to listen music at all i will not feel to even teach sometimes um I think the students also feel that way. Uh, some students that they were like very happy, excited, whatever, then, you know, some of them, they will start to have injuries or their life change or they move away or they lost their jobs and they cannot afford classes anymore. So all these small things start to diminish my, my inspiration or my fire, if you can sort of say. And, you know, sometimes you really have to force yourself to just train, even if it is just for you. Uh, something that also I battle with, I train now, or I, I guess if I have to say at least this last six months, I've been training a lot for me, not for classes, mm. uh, just to kind of give my self-performer also sometime because currently everything is classes 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 and i feel my performer side is being a little bit left out so i'm putting all these months just now for me as a performer um and many times also i don't know if happens to others but you know the the thing of you have to put yourself out there in the market put your name then you sometimes you have to record yourself and it's funny because for me it's hard like when i make my own trainings sometimes i don't know if you have seen in instagram but sometimes i put like few parts and not all the time because in the moment there is a camera i just lost it i lose the inspiration i am more focused on to see if i'm you know in frame or mm -hmm. if my, the movement gets caught or if the internet went or the power fail or I mean external things that interrupt a little bit your flow of motion in that in that time. Um, so I think my inspiration is actually better now. When I left UAE, it was like, I think, very high. 
And I had, as you say, all the expectations of I'm going to do, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to eat the world. And then COVID came. First year was more or less. The second was just bad. And um, yeah, now as we are recovering and everything, I, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's starting to come back. But you really, many times you have to force it. And as I say, to kind of put in my mind that, um, okay, is something coming. For example, um, the first year of COVID, I had in my mind, okay, I have this festival that I have to do in Chile, uh, Cairo Stars. Then it didn't happen. But anyway, I have to train because they wanted to make the show online. Mm -hmm. So I keep working for that. And then the next year it didn't happen because the different lockdown rules in different countries. Um, then another festival that I have locally here, it didn't happen because of the same. So it's almost, it felt like I'm pre preparing and then it's not happening. So you feel like a deflated, you know, mm -hmm. then you have a period of, I don't know why I'm doing this, why I'm training and I'm tired and nothing is happening. And you start just, you know, to, <laughs> but it's okay. It's just, I, I, I want to think that you just, you are tired, you know, you, you cannot give up at the end. Lo dance is what I really love the most. And at some point in time, sometimes I'm really sad and I just put like, the saddest songs ever that no one ever danced on them <laughs> just to dance and like get the sorrow away. So as I say, I, I many times is the pushing, but after that, the flame come back. Mm. So, yeah, so it's up and down and I'm giving now more space for my, for my performer It's the, the balance. I think the both. Mm. the teacher and the performer that's definitely life always gives this ups and downs as you said and uh, sometimes we just need to remember that this is just a phase this is just just a time period and uh, we just need to keep going and uh, things will change and uh, change for better and uh, yeah most likely afterwards will be another down, but afterwards will be another up again. <laughs> and it's just life. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I am uh, really happy that we had a chance uh, to talk today and to discuss all the different things. And uh, as we are slowly, slowly closing our conversation, I also would like to ask uh, uh, what is right now for you is uh, that you know inspiration uh, fire inside you what you are looking for maybe some your dance dreams dance goals that you would uh, wouldn't mind sharing with us today here <laughs> um yeah i think we always need to have a goal um to keep us you know working to keep us working towards it i think for now uh, I have two different goals, let's say um, closer one and one not maybe not so close. Um, the first one will be just to um, really push more my studio, to bring more girls uh, into belly dancing and to really make it successful. I'm putting the effort on it. Um, make it kind of, um, let's say, a brand. 
um, of my studio, which is, by the way, Harakat, um, which is movement in Arabic. Um, and then in the long term, just, you know, uh, to be performing, to go to festivals, to go and um, travel, meet with more girls, connect with more people. Um, and I think, yeah, bring the Lebanese style a bit more, although I really see is now more uh, into trend. I see more girls doing it. Uh, but still, we have a long way to go. So I really want to bring the belly dance, uh, Lebanese belly dance style out there together with the dapke, mm -hmm. which is also my other passion. Um, and yeah, so let's hope, you know, that the COVID finally finish and allow us to, to keep on going. Um, I think that is more... I don't want to say, well, I already said it long term, but I mean, it is like a hope or like I see it that I hope that I can, you know, keep doing it for as long as I have the strength. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, how can our listeners uh, find more information about you and about your online classes as well as uh, in-person classes in your own studio? Okay, well, if they want, they can follow me in my social media. I am in Instagram as Amar underscore Lamar with double M. Um, I am in Facebook as Amar Lamar. And my school is on Facebook as well as Harakat Oriental Dance or in TikTok. Believe it or not, I never thought i'm going to open a tiktok account but there i am i have like two weeks so i'm very very new in tiktok ah, still, learning. <laughs> still learning about it plainly because the youth and most of the girls here they don't follow um like all this social media but tiktok apparently tiktok is big for the youth here and I think everywhere. So I'm like, okay, let's, you know, I didn't want it. And then it's like, okay, let's open a TikTok account. So I open a TikTok account under the name of my school, Harakat Dance Studio. And I'm basically just, you know, posting small tutorials, posting small videos, things that I'm doing. Um, and in Instagram, I'm posting more about the online classes or my personal rehearsals, new pictures, uh, every, anything that come new, you know, in my career, I just posted there. So yes, you are more than welcome to follow if you want. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's really uh, nice after catch up after four years. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. It's really, really a pleasure talking to you. And I will include links to your social media in the show notes. So all our listeners, you know, you can find them easily there and click and connect to our awesome guest. By the way, which exact city your studio is at in South Africa? It's a very small town called Secunda in the province of Mapumalanga. Okay, so now it's a new travel destination for many dancers. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, they are more than welcome. The studio is uh, quite big. So, yeah, if they want to come here, if they are popping South Africa, yeah, come here to Harakat Dance Studio. <laughs> you can have some classes here. <laughs> uh, that would be an amazing experience for, for many. Um, yes. 
Oh, and I, I don't know if I can say it, but um, if uh, for the people that is listening to us in the United States, I will be in the Shimmy Shakedown Festival in September. It's going to be my first festival after two years and a little bit more of lockdown. So it's a festival that was was being postponed. So now finally seems that it's going to happen in September. So yeah, I'm going to be there. So I'm very, very excited. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. So September, United States, uh, which city? Yeah, it's going to be in LA mm -hmm. and the name is Shimmy Shakedown. Oh, cool. So many more opportunities to actually meet in person <laughs> with you. Yes, please. Welcome. Ahla. <laughs> Well, uh, on this note, I also want to ask you our final uh, summer question, which we have uh, already for many years, a traditional question with which I uh, close every single interview uh, so far. And I'm excited to hear your answer, especially, you know, after so many changes in your life, uh, in your dance life and so many transitions. So. Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but um, in any case, I'm about to ask it. So the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again? So you keep doing it for so many years. I think is that even if you know all the basic moves, let's call it, or all the moves, when you think that you know all the moves available for belly dancing, there is always something new. There is always something to discover. Um, and the music doesn't cease to touch a very important fiber in myself. Um, for all the moments in my life, for the sad, for the happy, for the more happy, for the very depressing ones, for the troublesome, the Arabic music um, bring, there is always like one Arabic song or one Arabic tune that can connect with that specific fiber in that moment in time. That is something that always pull me into belly dancing and never leave it that always there is something new and there is always some music that you can connect with. And on top of that, that belly dance is so, um, how can I say, inclusive in, in terms of you can like mix with other stuff, um, make it yours, uh, make it um, kind of, let's say your signature if you want. It never ceases to amaze me that. I mean, other types of dance are beautiful, but they are very square in, in what you have to do. They are like their steps, they're everything. And, and belly dance is so ample. It, there is so much room for so much more. So I don't know. It's, it's something that it never stops giving something to me at least <laughs> i love it that's it for today guys but before you go away don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends 
And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.